Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Hiya. Uh, welcome back to the podcast called Love the Graps. It feels like an age since we've done one. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, like hours or days or weeks or years. Um, this is, uh, let's say it's the next next evolution in um in our podcast series f- firsts yeah which um, as we established on the last one is f1 rsts no not not into that not yeah into it at all you weren't into the hashtag no and i'm still you know grudging you love the hashtag that. but i don't see any benefit from having the one in the middle of that well it makes it out to be like first double first like the film Seven Evan. Sir Seven and Seven. Sir Seven N. Because the seven's in the begin in the middle, isn't it? Is it the Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of Five Eyes, the boy band Five Eyes. Yeah. So we're back talking about notable firsts in wrestling, and we're going to talk about ROH Era of Honor Begins, the first show. From the wrestling company ROH, Ring of Honor. Um, this is our second attempt at doing this. Yeah, we we did it over well, about an hour on it, um, and then discovered that the recorder had given up after twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about it, and I expect this recording to last twelve minutes. <laughs> we're going to get through it in twelve minutes. Yeah. Um, we joked. We did um, the podcast about uh, about the first ECW TV show, and we joked about how much gold had been lost yeah. in the in 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 that um, losing that recording. But if I'm honest, probably wasn't a lot of gold. No, it was a bit of a dry bit of a dry chat. Yeah. So let's so, try and pep it up. Let's pep it up. We've taken loads of speed. Um, <laughs> Alan's actually taken some hallucinogens. Yes. Um, he thinks Jay Briscoe is a giant pink rabbit. Is he not? I'm afraid he's not, Alan. Damn it. Um, so uh, we're going to try and keep this bright and breezy um, for you. It's going to be tough because there's some real bad stuff on this yeah. show. Well, real bad. I mean, we said on the last show that we were going to throw our format out the window. Yeah. And then you kind of brought it back. Because I thought it'd be funny. And then kind of didn't. Yeah. Um, so let's just throw it out the window this time. Let's let's start yeah. at the start of the show. Well, let's talk let's about g- the worst opening 15, 20 minutes of a wrestling show I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, just when you think it can't get any worse, it actually does. Yeah. Um, so it kicks off with a, a pre pre-show it, it so we're watching i guess what was the home video um because obviously there was no it wasn't on pay-per-view or anything home video is a really weird term because do you have like video well, well i guess there's home video and then there's professional video is for use in the office but you, you would get the home video version of a movie yeah but that movie is on film yeah and not on video. 
this is a level of pedantry I do not care for. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we're watching the video version, and, and the opening of this felt like a bad DVD extra. Um, so it opened with a Dahit squad. Dahit squad. Of mac mafia. and cheese. And yeah, Mafia and Monster Mac. Yeah. They're still going. I know, I know. They yeah. look basically the same yeah. because they're two big fat dudes. <laughs> um, and they are wandering around the streets of Philadelphia, New York, going in and speaking to the fans. Yeah. So it opens with a bunch, well, so they weren't in New York, but they went and got on a coach with a bunch of fans that had come to the show from New York. Yeah. Um, I think what, what was actually going on there was, I think, I know some coach trips used to go to these shows and they used to do little Q&As sometimes right. with yeah, the be- talent. Because when the hit squad are getting on the coach with the cameraman in tow, Spanky's getting off it. Yeah, yeah. Old um, Brian, uh, Charlie Manson, Kendrick yeah. uh, getting off. Um, but obviously a much younger yeah. um, um, Charles Manson. Um, and they get on the coach and they start. Sh- they just start shouting at everyone. Yeah. But in a sort of, they're, they're trying to g everyone up kind of way. Yeah. But it's still very aggressive. And there's yeah. a lot of. Uh, they tell a fella to sit down. Yeah. He doesn't because no. I'm guessing he organised this coach trip. He's like, I want to be on camera. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of. You're gonna go and see ROH. This is not sports entertainment. This is real wrestling. It's your new drug. Plug it in your veins. I think if I'd have been on that coach, and I wouldn't have been because I'm an adult, yeah. and adults don't go on organised coach trips. Unless they're very old. Yeah, we, we talked about it in the abandoned episode, yeah. and I, I was perhaps against it. I've, I've thought about it, and maybe, yeah, it, it's acceptable for an older person to go to the seaside, yeah. or a market town, yeah. or maybe a trip to the theatre. Yeah, yeah, to the West End. Yeah, to the West End. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, and a responsible adult should never be on an organised coach trip. So I'd be embarrassed at being seen on that. But I'd also be embarrassed because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think if they were shouting at me, I'd have pulled some sort of alarm or um, <laughs> break break glass to escape or whatever. I'd have pretended to slip into a diabetic coma. I might have set the coach on fire <laughs> just to escape. Yeah. Everybody will go evacuate. Somebody set the coach on fire. <laughs> um, so then they they call it. They they cornered some fellas on the street. Yeah. Um, who, There's who, lots of like. I, actually, there, there was one where they were on the streets of Philadelphia and they got not I, it, not with AIDS. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and they were out and they were talking. Well, they, I'm, I'm going to say they were talking. They were shouting at people yeah. again. Um, and there was like I, I remember quite vividly. There was a middle-aged man. Um, with a bandana on, <laughs> which might be one of the most distressing things I've ever I've seen. got a bandana. Yeah. I know. And I am approaching uh, middle age. Yeah, you got a free one, didn't you, off of um, Worldwide Desperado, <laughs> Sammy Callahan. I was going to wear it last weekend, yeah. but I, can't, you didn't. I couldn't work out how, how, how do you wear a bandana. I'm never going to tell you. I'm not going to tell. Like, don't go, don't Google it. Don't go on YouTube and find out. Yeah. But I mean, it's bad enough that you're dancing on the front row to down with the trumpets. I if regret wearing, nothing. If you start wearing a bandana, I'm I'm going to hit you. I might just just fish it out, especially for Omari, <laughs> and wave it like yeah. a Morris dancer. Yeah, okay. to down with the trumpets. Yeah. I think that's um, that's what Omari would want. Yeah. Big fan of the uh, pig's bladder on the end of a stick. Is Omari. Omari 
um, is an anagram of Morris Dancer. <laughs> oh, Morris Dancer. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it was just embarrassing, wasn't it? Yeah. But nothing compared it, to what these scamps got up to next. It got worse. Um, next thing on the show was... Uh, was <laughs> So they, they'd say the first scheduled match was Amazing Red against Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Very young Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Um, his brother was too young to be on the show, so yeah. it had to be a singles match. The uh, the Athletic Commission of Pennsylvania yeah. frowns on young I, fellas. I wonder, actually, whether they were going to do the Briscoes against the Hit Squad. Because Amazing yeah. Red had another match later on in the show, didn't they? Yeah, so perhaps someone threw a, 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 a monkey wrench into yeah. the... Uh, the engine, or maybe like um, the ROH management, yeah. Rob Feinstein, was like, <laughs> Mark, I'll pretend you said eighteen, and then, and then, but the Philadelphia Athletic Commission were like, no, you can't just say he's eighteen; he's got to be eighteen. We look at documentation, yeah, and putting a lol in front of it. <laughs> Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to um, dwell on that too much, but just search Rob Feinstein. I'll pretend you say 18. Keep safe mode on. You'll find out what what was going on with that. Um, so, yeah, the, the, so the first segment in the arena. Yeah, fans the, are there, Murphy hungry, Rexon. waiting for action. Yeah. What do they get? The Christopher Street connection, um, accompanied by... Alison Danger. Yeah, Christopher out. Street connection. I presume... How, how Christopher, would you describe them? Well, I presume Christopher Street must be a, a gay area of Philadelphia. Somewhere. Like like Market Street in um, in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, or... Um, I don't know. Soho Street in, in, London. in, in that London. Yeah. Uh, or any other gay street you might think of. Um, Sesame Street. Yeah, <laughs> that gay. Although they probably have got a gay character now, and more power to them for that. Big Bird. <laughs> Big Bird isn't gay. Big Bird is Dorothy from the Golden Girls. Big girl. Big Bird's a female, right? I don't know. I think it's just a child, isn't it? It's childlike. No, it's, it's like a, a a lady in a in a like late fifties. Is it? That's what I've always thought. Because she's a big bird. <laughs> Because <laughs> she, she's basically B. Arthur. But it's got a man's voice. So it? did B. Arthur. <laughs> Alright, I can't believe we're talking about Golden Girls and Sesame Street on our up-to-date hip wrestling <laughs> podcast. Um, so yeah, Christopher Street, I figure, is the gay area of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Because the Christopher Street connection were two flamboyant gay men. Yeah, they were extremely gay. Yeah, they had um, feather boas. Yeah, they kissed in the ring. Yeah, um, and the ROH fans. Well, they really took them to, the, to <laughs> they, their heart. Didn't they, they did well. I mean, the commentators described Alison Danger yeah. uh, as uh, the Christopher Street Connections hag, just some sort of hag. Yeah, didn't really. They didn't specify clarify. that she was their fag hag, but the crowd seemed pretty intent on letting them know that they thought that the Christopher Street Connection were faggots. They chanted the word faggots over yeah. and over. And I know, I, I I feel a little bit uncomfortable saying that, but I think it bears explaining what was going on because it was dreadful. It was one of the worst things I've seen. This was 2002. This wasn't 
the seventies. No, it's the twenty first century. Yeah, this wasn't like a carry on film. Like this was twenty first century. This was post nine eleven, and this was obviously designed. This was not a surprise to ROH management, who perhaps thought Rob Rob's gay, isn't he? Oh, he's no. gonna be all right. He's all right with it. Yeah, Rob's gay. He thinks it's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I would like it if um, what they actually did was go. We're going to send out the Christopher Street Connection. They're going to get over really well yeah. as good guys. The crowd are just going to love them because they're so likable. Yeah, full and then, of life. Like, while it was happening, they had to call an audible and go. Oh no! It turns out all our fans are terrible homophobes. <laughs> we better um, we better appeal to them so that they keep coming. We want that sweet homophobe money. <laughs> send out the big fat dudes to go and absolutely murderize them because that's what happened yeah so Dahit squad um came out and at one point the commentator said he dropped him on his gay head <laughs> and uh at one point the commentator also said this ain't about bashing this is the ring of honor but it was about bashing it was about bashing it was a gay bashing yeah it was it was horrible and the thing was that the hit squad had, had got on this coach Mm-hmm. Um, I exposed all these people as being horrible coach trip users, <laughs> uh, but also made it a big point of the fact that this ain't no sports entertainment. Yeah, and then proceeded to do, do sports, sports entertainment, entertainment including uh, putting Alison Danger through a table. Yeah, in pretty much the same manner as the Dudley Boys were doing on WWE yeah. at the same time. I don't want to give WWE loads of credit, but. And they've done some pretty awful things over yeah. the years, taste-wise. But they would never have done a, an angle where some characters were so overtly gay that they were beaten up because they were gay. Well, I mean, I mean they did. They, not in two thousand and two. No, I think two thousand and two WWE would not have done that. Two thousand seventeen WWE Trump in the White House. Maybe it won't be long. I'm no, sure. No, I think. The Christopher Street connection yep. should um, put their phones on charge because they might be getting a call. Is it the reverse JTG? Canyon Seaman. <laughs> oh, Seaman on the phone. <laughs> again. Oh, again. I thought I'd off. <laughs> oh, my God. Bad, bad podcasting. Um, so, yeah, um, and that sports entertainment kind of carried on yeah there was lots of it i mean nothing as bad as this horrible homophobia and in fact i said to someone uh, a couple of weeks ago that i just watched a show which began with horrible homophobia and they said oh first ring of honor show yeah. so it's no surprise i mean it's, it's out there but should it be terrible terrible stuff should it be so I mean, yeah I, well I, I think it should be because i'm all for like like keeping that history alive <laughs> but no i mean if it happened let people see it and let people judge for themselves yeah like i actually i think roh aren't very good at getting stuff online for on demand anyway so i don't know whether you could even watch us no i don't think you can no um which might be for the best i think feinstein might still even own the rights to this right okay well so we didn't it, pay for it maybe Fuck it's him. on rf video right now yeah i'm not doing it i'm not going on there no <laughs> Um, See, so yeah, more sports entertainment later. Yeah, we had a a, a match with uh, the Natural Born Sinners. Yeah, 
um, who were pretty much a rip-off of New Jack and Mustafa. Yeah, so it was a homicide and a boogaloo. Boogaloo. <laughs> boogaloo. I think his name's Lou, and he likes to eat boogers. <laughs> boogers? Yeah. Bo- boogaloo. Um, so they had crap Halloween masks, yeah. didn't they? And a rubber chicken. And weirdly... Considering Boogaloo was one of the guys in the match, they beat the Boogie Knights. Maybe he was formerly of the Boogie Knights. <laughs> he left them he to, go, to go solo. Yeah. Uh, and then decided going solo but wasn't yeah, for him. Yeah, they did some weird stuff with like getting, they got disqualified for using the rubber chicken as yeah, a foreign object. by the hardcore referee, H.C. Loke. Yeah, H.C. Loke. And then he, he did a little thing later on in the well, show. Well, that's where... because, Chris, that after he disqualified them, yeah. uh, they stabbed him in the head. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to treat an official, is it? It really isn't. Um, Even a man who who said, as he was on the phone to his mate, a phone call we were privy to. Yeah. Um, because someone filmed it. Um, he said, "I turned up to wrestle. They, they made me the hardcore referee again. That bullshit." Yeah. I mean, part of me, my heart bleeds for him. <laughs> really? You know, he's got a passion for wrestling he's got a real passion he wants to be in the ring but they don't see anything in him so they made him a ref yeah and he was a ref that got stabbed (laughs) now I know another referee who has a passion and wants to be in the ring can we have him stabbed yeah maybe yeah he might have broken his leg (laughs) um yeah uh so that was weird. That was weird sports entertainment stuff. Yeah. Um, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't loads of the sports entertainment stuff, but it was kind of silly to like trumpet the fact that you're not yeah. doing that, and then you go and do some of it. But what they did try and trumpet was action. Yeah, and there was some. It's all about action. All about the wrestling. Yeah. Um, and there were three good matches on yeah. the show. Good to very good, um, and a lot of. Mm, you know, okay mm. stuff. But when it was good, it, it got really good. Yeah. Um, so I particularly enjoyed the six-way. Yeah. Which was originally a five-way. And then Red was added to it. Yeah. Weirdly. Even though he'd already wrestled. Yeah. Um, probably for reasons you've discussed. So we had um, The Amazing Red. Uh, Joel Maximo. Jose Maximo. Mm. Um, Brian XL. <laughs> yeah. Brian. Brian Extra Large. Yeah. Uh, Chris Devine. Yeah. And Quiet Storm. Yeah. Some of the worst wrestling names in the history of wrestling. Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. Yeah, you can have a Quiet Storm. It's not much of a storm, is it? Well, it depends if, if you're on the other side of double glazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, there's a real storm outside. But I can't hear a thing. Can't hear a thing. Look, I can even drop a feather. Yeah. Behind it. My Velux roof windows are <laughs> really doing their job. Yeah. Um, I just think if you're going to be an intimidating wrestler, why have you got the word quiet in your name? Because I'm going to blow in like a hurricane, but you won't hear a thing. What, are you going to creep up on me like a creep? <laughs> you creep. Um, and and obviously Brian Extra Large. Yeah. Um, you know you know Brian, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I know Brian. Yeah, yeah, Brian, Brian Extra Large you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame actually, because um, he had a bit of a rough time over Christmas. Oh, right. we got re- it was really down. 
you know, his wife had left him a few months before. Marjorie, he's, he's, Marjorie, yeah, extra yeah. large. But he's spending Christmas with his, with his in, with with his, uh, with his mum and dad. Yeah. Um, and you know what his mum's oh, like? Yes. She, she likes to cook. She's a feeder. Yeah. So over Christmas, he had a few too many quality streets, a few too many pigs in blankets. Had to consider changing his name to Brian Extra Extra Large. <laughs> So Brian XL, yeah. Um, I mean, there's some weird names on this show. I mean, I mean, let's, let's not forget about Amazing Red. The Amazing Red. The ever, ever, Amazing ever Red. Ever told? Uh, <laughs> have I ever told you? Oh Chris, my god! My Amazing Red story. Um, I mean, I did on the first time we recorded this. Alan, please podcast. tell us it very briefly. <laughs> I once went to a show at the Coventry Skydome. Yeah. I believe Does it... this involve a vending machine? Yes. <laughs> I believe it was Noah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it may have may it may have been international incident or uproar showdown. Mm. One of those shows. And anyway, um, some friends and I had gone to the show. We returned to our hotel, the prestigious Formule Un. Um, which cost, I think, £27 a room. Um, and we got four people in the room, so very, very reasonable. Um, and we were standing around by the vending machine, yep. uh, discussing what we'd seen uh, that evening, and having a bit of a laugh, bit of a joke, and then we suddenly realised that there was an extra person in our group. Uh, and that person was the Amazing Red, yeah. who was stood uh, laughing along with us, not talking, um, not offering... You know his bits, but acting as if he was one of our group, yeah. um, and it's a bit weird. So we just kind of moved on, and then a bit later that night, um, rather drunkenly, I was walking up and down the halls of the hotel, shouting the name Alan Hill quite loudly. He was a guy that we believed was in the hotel, and um, as English people do, uh, everyone ignored me. Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, one person popped his head out of his hotel room. Amazing red. Yeah, I think amazing. He was, I think, amazing. I think he was lonely. Yeah. Thing is, what people don't realise about Amazing Red is that he's actually so named because um, he, re- he uses his library card a lot. He's actually known as Amazingly Well Red. <laughs> right, is that his middle name? <laughs> yeah. Lee Well. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, his real name is Lee Well. <laughs> um, and he's like, do you know what? This is going to be really good. And only like a real small percentage of people are ever going to get it. But it's. I love to read. I love to read. <laughs> Just. Oh, I love to read. My favourite author is Jilly Cooper. Um, <laughs> but I also really like the Sharp series of novels. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, amazingly well read. <laughs> uh, so yeah, wrestling names in in two thousand and two left a lot to be desired. Also, a lot of. Um, a lot of pleather. A lot of pleather, a lot of skinny weirdos. A lot of bandanas. A lot of bandanas. Um, a lot of vests. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about 2002. Let's talk about the bloody state of this show. <laughs> um, it was in a sports hall. Yeah, a recreation, the Murphy, Murphy Recreational Centre. <laughs> it sounds like um, like an alternate universe biker grove. Yeah, see, I wouldn't even call it a sports hall. No. Well, it's um, got a basketball hoop. Well, yeah, but I, I think it's kind of place where you'd have gone to Cubs. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. or where you, where you play badminton. In a sports hall. <laughs> well, I mean, badminton 
didn't always used to take well, place did, in the sports. It, it did look like they would be having a badminton tournament afterwards. Yes, yeah, perhaps they did. Um, you if know? they, if you know, hopefully nobody get, would get stabbed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, two thousand two production values are very low. Yeah. So this is like, this is quite. I guess they're trying to build it as a prestigious show. Well, this I mean, is this Ri- is like a reset for American indie wrestling. Yeah, Ring of Honor came out the king of the indies. Yeah, um, it was started by Rob Feinstein. Yeah, again, please Google him and like just. Well, let's... if you don't know, just know. Learn. Yeah, um, but don't dwell on it. <laughs> and the idea was that you would get the the best of independent wrestling from the scene that was burgeoning at the time. Yeah. A very it disparate was, scene. We were in a a bit of limbo at that point with yep. the end of WCW and probably more importantly in this case ECW because yep. that was the local um, and the idea would be to sell to sell video cassettes of, of the stuff so you would think that there might be some idea of production values yeah. but you'd be wrong yeah um, it's yeah th- th- this is a wrestling show that that is it's being run by a video production company. Yeah. You'd think that somebody would have a creative eye to what might look good on videotape. Um, they did not. I'll reiterate a point that I made on the Lost podcast. Yeah. Because I do think it's an interesting... Have we started doing a Lost podcast? Because <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's an interesting sort of thing to think about, is that ROH has never really been an independent wrestling company. No. In that, like... This was set up by a video production company in order to sell more video cassettes. Yeah, it was never really a wrestling company in like in in and of itself. Um, I don't know what that means, but it kind of because yeah. it's now owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah, who I guess basically are doing exactly the same. I don't know why they own it. Well, as for content for their TV channels. But, I mean, sure, it's got to be more, more expensive than filming a game oh, I show. I don't know. I don't know, because you're not, you're not got studio space. You're, not use, you're just using rooms, aren't you? Yeah. Like, I mean, it might pay for itself. I guess they, they sell tickets. A couple of cameras. I've always wondered, you know Fat Ref? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name's Todd Sinclair. Todd Sinclair, yeah. I think it's his dad. Trevor Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> No, because he's been around long before they were on Sinclair Broadcast. Yeah, but do you think his dad... He hooked him up. He's like, Dad... Dad, oh, they're going to get rid of me because I'm weird. I look weird on TV. They're going to kick me off the team. Can you, you're a multi-millionaire. Can you buy it? Oh, Todd. God. hate Todd. I hate you, Todd. <laughs> but of I hate my, the sight of you of even all, more. Of all my sons, I hate you the most. But... I believe in family. Why can't you be more like your brother, Sir Clive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why? Why can't you? Um, but, as I say, I believe in family and I believe in second chances. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to make sure it keeps running. I'm even going to sign the villain Marty Skrull. I know he's your favourite. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, off you go. Off you go. Get out of my Off you go. Get out. Todd, stop playing with that. Get out. Um, uh, yeah. So... But yeah, the match. I forgot where we were. <laughs> we were talking about the match and production values. Yeah. I, I said match. But the match was very good. 
the, the six way. Yeah, the six way was fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was elimination. It had no quiet moments. No. Even quiet storm. There's weird dynamic though, wasn't there? With yeah. It being SATs and Maximos and Red, kind of the team. And then it would kind of started off almost as a six man tag. Yeah. Sort of trios. Thing. And then um, then uh, Joel Maximo. Yeah. Or Jose Maximo. I haven't got my notes. I haven't got my copious notes. Right. I can't remember. Uh, accidentally pinned Amazing Red with yeah. a backslide. Uh, and then it kind of broke down from there. Well, and one other notable thing about this match, referee Mikey Whitbreck of um, old ECW fame. Yeah, because these were all his students. Yeah, so it was like a, a um, school showcase. Yeah. Um, what my, one of the things that bothered me about this, Mikey Whitbreck was wearing a referee shirt underneath a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> he wasn't fully committed. Well, you see, Mikey Whitbreck is such an everyman character. That yeah. If he'd have took that Hawaiian shirt off, people would have gone, who's that ref? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have been, who's that fat ref? <laughs> <laughs> who's that ref? Yeah. Is, is that Sinclair's boy? No, he's not no, Jim no. in for a few it's, years. Um, it's, old miss, it's old man Whitbreck's <laughs> son. Um, Sir Clive. Yeah, Sir Clive Whitbreck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, but that wasn't the only um, school showcase yeah. match that we had. We had later on um, a tag match with a Spanky and... Ikeka. Ikeka Loa yeah. against um, Michael Shane, cousin yeah. of Shawn Michaels. And Oz. And Oz. The not... whole country of Australia. <laughs> the TV show Oz. <laughs> um, not Kevin Nash. Oz from Alfie Zayn Pet. That is a dated reference. Uh, <laughs> um, Oz. Uh, I was going to mention there's a character in the film American Pie whose nickname is Oz. Is there? Yeah. I've seen American Pie. I did not remember a character <laughs> called Oz. Um, yeah, he was the one who uh, he was the jock one, like the the jock with a heart of gold. The one who played lacrosse. Yeah, I, I've, that's always puzzled me. <laughs> like I, I'm not pouring scorn on people who play lacrosse. Yeah, played lacrosse once myself. Did you? Um, under what right. circumstances? It was at, at university. Um, they tried to start a lacrosse team. I said, oh, I'll have a go at that. Fucking dickhead. Do you know what annoyed me most about lacrosse? What? There is no pitch. Effectively, a game of lacrosse could take place across the whole world. Well, a little bit like one of those um, Nike adverts from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, um, yeah it always, always puzzled me that he was a lacrosse player. Not, not an American footballer, you know, yeah. not a basketball player, lacrosse. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about lacrosse. Yeah. But he seemed to be a big deal on the lacrosse field. Yeah, but anyway, we'll deal with that on the... Uh, That's an Oz, anyway. The Piece of the Pie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Love the pie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so Oz and Michael Shane took on I.K. Kaloa and... Uh, uh, Brian Kendrick Spanky nay Spanky yeah um, and that was a showcase for the Shawn Michaels uh, Texas Wrestling Academy yeah I think Shawn Michaels was probably out of it by this point <laughs> well he's, he's out of it quite <laughs> yeah. a lot they seemed pretty keen to mention yeah, him it Jose Lothario and yeah. do you know who went on to teach at that school no um, your Japanese fella 
Yeah. <laughs> Momentarily <Giant> forgot his name. Show Fanaki. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Jose Lothario, was it? That was the one, obviously, that came out to the ring with Shawn Michaels that one time. Yeah, I think it was, it was a um, oh, They kept mentioning it with somebody else. I can't remember his name now. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really fucking this matter, This is the most it? well-researched podcast. It doesn't matter. Some, somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, so they did a match. and it was. But this was weird, though, because it was a tag match. Yeah. But the winner, one man <laughs> who got the pin... Would get a contract in ROH. And that man was Spanky. Yeah. Um, his partner, Ike Kaloa, yeah. uh, didn't seem that bothered no. that Spanky had got them. But that no, might have something to do with the fact that the commentators kept going on about the fact that he had two herniated discs. Yeah. Uh, and that he'd driven across the country to wrestle in this. Well, this it might match. be worth noting that something weird about this show is that there weren't loads of people who kind of became long term ROH. No. Um, uh, prospects or characters. Um, so obviously Spanky won the contract and he yep. kind of stuck around for a couple of years. I mean, he was gone to, to WWF, WWE um, pretty soon, yeah. um, within a couple of years. Um, and then in the main event, you had y- your Loki, Brian Danielson, Chris Daniels, they all stuck around. And you had your Jay Briscoe and amazing red kind of when he wasn't injured for long periods of time yeah. homicide but, homicide but then you had loads of people who were just made very little impact i suppose in, yeah. in, yeah. in the american wrestling scene at large um we mentioned the main event yeah the main event was super yeah um it was perfect illustration of indie wrestling at the time the three-way three-way are horrible um especially three-way for no reason although First show, I mean, any match would have been for no reason. Yeah, it? there was like there other than the gay bashing. Yeah, <laughs> there was... wasn't a title on the line. It could have been a one-on-one match. It could have been a yeah nine-way scramble um, for all the importance it really held. But... It was a three-way. You had um, low key. Yeah, um, the the one world warrior. One world warrior. <laughs> Uh, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, yeah. uh, unmasked at this point, but still very much with a face that needed a mask. He's a weird-looking dude. Yeah, well, he's, he's kind of like a really normal-looking dude, yeah. but kind of sour face, isn't it? Yeah, and um, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, who at the time was probably your top indie wrestler. Yeah, I would say. Well, um, AKA Curry Man. Yeah, he was he was so, doing the Curry Man thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Curry Man T-shirt somewhere. It would have been interesting if he was doing Curry Man in the in the main event of the first hour yeah. show. Yeah, uh, obviously that's weird when I think of Chris Daniels as Curry Man. I like it though. I saw Curry Man. I saw him do that at a Southside show. All right, it was fun. Yeah, he became Curry Man at uh, Mishinoku Pro's Masked Man League, nineteen ninety nine. Um. The same tournament that Jody Fleisch was Doko Chan. Yeah. And if you've ever wanted to see how horribly racist Japan can be, look up Doko Chan. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ins- instances of uh, racism. Um, look at any wrestler with the name Kong. <laughs> yes. Um, and you, you you might see. Not the wokest of sports. Of, uh, or not the wokest of countries in a lot of ways. No, no. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it was a really good, really good main event, yeah. and kind of like a bit of a mission statement, I think, for what ROH would go on to be. Yeah, um, probably more so than anything else on the show, really. Yeah, because I mean, after the match, there was one low key won the match, really nice finishing sequence. Um, Brian Danielson had Christopher Daniels in the cow mutilation, mm-hmm. uh, and then Loki did a twisting splash off the top. Uh, and broke it up and then made a made a pin. Yeah. Um, really liked that. That was really good. Um, but after that, they d- issued a series of challenges. Round Robin. And it, yeah, was, the next show was called Round Robin Challenge. Yeah. Catchy title. Um, where each each man fought a singles match against the other and yeah. kind of went from there. So yeah, it did kind of set it out. The thing about it for me was it reminded me just how good Brian Danielson was. Yeah. Even at, even at that early stage in his career, yeah. he was so so good. Do you know I did a thing um, when he when he retired. Mm. Um, he retired officially um, when I was on holiday in China. Right. Um, is that why he retired? Yeah, he was like, oh, better do it while Chris is away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm never going to hear the end of it. Um, when I got back, um, I watched all of his WWE matches. Every single one of them. Really? Yeah, because uh, it's quite easy to... All of the ones, all of the televised ones. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was all of the pay-per-view ones. All well, of the pay-per-view. It's, get, it's getting less impressive yeah, yeah, now, sorry. isn't it? Yeah, all of the pay-per-view ones. All of his February <laughs> pay-per-view <laughs> all matches. All of the last two matches that he did. Um, all of his... <laughs> maybe I should have gone um, deeper into it. It wasn't as easy to get. But I watched all of his pay-per-view matches. And he was really good. He was just really good then as well. Even when he wasn't getting loads of great stuff to do he was always you know very watchable he became a really good character Mm. in wwe at different times at at ridiculous um you know uh misanthrope just a grumpy bastard at other times just the most um (sighs) sympathetic of all wrestlers you could even you could ever imagine and he was one of, um, and I put him alongside Kevin Steen as, as one of the two wrestlers that really got me into watching more and more stuff outside of WWE. Um, and both of them, similarly, I think I was probably gravitated towards them because there was an element of, I'll never see those in WWE. Yeah. They are, they are fantastic, you know, characters, wrestlers. Shame they'll never make it in in at the top of the wrestling world and I, they both proved me wrong I of. think that they are two people who um, Brian Danielson and Kevin Steen who you can say get wrestling yeah very much they, so they really get what wrestling can be and perhaps what it shouldn't be yeah um, as much uh, as, as what it should be um, and I think that as uh, that's what's enabled them to transcend yeah I think it's also kind of a, a real sort of in, innate ability to do the things outside of the actual wrestling yep. that that people can sort of gravitate towards. So even you know even back in like oh six oh seven when I was kind of firmly into ROH, um, Danielson had already established a lot of catch little catchphrases of his own. Um, that he was probably the first independent wrestler to sort of be termed the best in the world. I mean, lots of other people went along and did it and claimed it as their own in WWE later on. Um, 
but he was the one that kind of got it chanted at him first I think um, on the indies um, and uh, yeah it, but it was more than just being that best wrestler in the world it was having a personality that kind of drew people to, to you yeah and he always was very dry it felt like he was a very sort of normal you know like his character is he is a wrestler mm. but his character was he is the best wrestler yeah um you know so there were quite a famous sort of storyline that he had going back in in the day where it was the um i've got this new move new move that's going to be completely unbeatable um he'd been going on about it for months and it was a small package yeah what what is that what i mean who could get away with that um, and he did he got it over fantastic yeah but he was really good here and it, it just it makes me sad that he's not doing it anymore well sit tight Alan because in one year's time you'll get to see a whole series of Brian Danielson Cody Rhodes matches what's <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, the well, so. <laughs> oh, God. We never edit. You've got to edit this. No, I'm not editing any of it. Right. Um, one thing that I think you can say about it, in summing it up, that this show was kind of a whole lot of things. Um, in a way that Ring of Honor set their stall out early to be a whole lot of things without necessarily being one thing. If that makes a lot of sense. There wasn't a Ring of Honor flavour, except that the Ring of Honor flavour was, here is a selection of things from other things. Yeah, definitely. Except that they did make a bit of a statement by taking three of the top independent wrestlers, three of the top staunchly independent wrestlers yeah. at that point, and putting them in the main event above um, Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy. Um, which on any other indie show in the US at that point would have been the main event. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero was like, I think he, he was literally weeks away from returning to WWE at that point. Um, he was in great shape. Yeah, they, they had a real fun match. Probably, you know, if if that was the main event, might have gone a little bit longer. But like, nothing wrong with that match. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero came out to Santana's Smooth featuring Rob Thomas. One of the single worst pieces of music ever committed to tape. I love it. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. We've we, I think we've touched on Santana <laughs> on the podcast before. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, they, they, you know, by putting that main event on as the main event, they were saying, these are the people that are going to carry this forward. Um, this isn't just your local indie show mm. with a few guys that you recognise from telly this is something else and it's something that they they basically said out loud a bunch of times throughout the whole show you know this is something new this is the future and yeah. it was yeah they yeah. weren't wrong about yeah. that they, although modern ROH um, a modern ROH isn't what ROH was no you know 10 years ago 8 years ago 11 years ago <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 12 years ago um, it, 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 it's a different beast now it's kind of you know what we we talked about on the last episode of the firsts was the first ECW yeah 
TV show. It's kind of that now, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of... Um, they don't do a studio TV show, but it's kind of just like, here's a TV show with some wrestling on it. Yeah. And it's better quality wrestling. It's better quality production values, but it's kind of just a weekly wrestling TV show. Yeah, with, I'd agree with, with that. little... Yeah consequence and i mean that's good in itself yeah yeah but this was where they started yeah and it they would go on to change the landscape of um um, independent wrestling um everything that kind of came after for a good 10 years was was sort of copying what they did in one way or another not everything obviously but like you wouldn't have your pwgs no um, you wouldn't have obviously you wouldn't have your evolves. No, um, you wouldn't have your progress. You know, well, you know, because I mean, a few steps removed. But yeah, you there's a lot of grown up wrestling for wrestling sakes companies that you wouldn't have now. Yeah, um, if it wasn't for for ROH. Um, so, would you recommend anyone go back and watch this first Ring of Honor? Show? I would recommend. People watching the last forty-five minutes. What about the first twenty minutes? I would. Okay, I would, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Watch the last couple of matches, uh, Eddie against Super Crazy and and the three way, and if you can squeeze it in, get that six man yeah. s- scramble elimination match in there because that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that's fun. That's a fun wrestling show. You can if you can take those bits, and just watch those. That's probably a good hour, of of great wrestling. If you want to watch a car crash, if you want to watch something for a weird voyeuristic thrill of this might be one of the worst things I've ever watched, watch that first 15 minutes because it is very, very bad. It reminded me of watching Eddie Murphy's Raw a couple of years ago and just wondering how it was ever acceptable. And obviously it was. But at least... But at least Eddie Murphy's Raw, there's a craft that's gone into that where you can see that he is doing funny jokes, even if some of it is extremely offensive now. This was ham-fisted and very poor taste. Like, it was like, it was... I mean, it started... I mean, I'm not going to go over it again, but, you know, the combination of that rubbish shouting at people on the bus thing followed by those people who shouted at everybody on the bus and now beating up some gay guys <laughs> it's like a one-two punch of, of extremely bad wrestling and I'm, I'm surprised it's not sort of I mean I guess it's not fun do you know what I mean it's not like hmm. like you posted the, the that match on the Facebook group the other day um, and that's kind of fun in that it's kind of harmless yeah bad wrestling um and you know you can have like oh, I can watch an Ultimate Warrior promo and it'd be bad but hilarious yeah this is bad in a kind of shocking way and that you can't believe that it ever happened but it did but it did so no. I would say watch it because I think that everybody no. should watch everything at least once to, to <laughs> everything form, to form well to form your own opinion yeah um, and if your opinion differs from ours, you are wrong <laughs> and bad, wrong and bad. Yeah. So I don't think we've got a show next week either. 
Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, we'll um, try and come up with something. Uh, perhaps another in our first series. Yeah. Um, who knows where we'll I, go I next? I don't know when this is going online, so no. who knows? Um, but uh, we will be back with you. Get on the internet. Get involved with us. Facebook group is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, do some chats on there. I like it. I like it when people click the thumbs up button. <laughs> um, and what else? Twitter, love the graps at love the graps. Yeah. Also at muscly babies. That's me. At indie sleeves. That's me. That's Alan. Um, I don't know. Subscribe. Do something. Do something for us. Do something for us, eh? Yeah. Give us some money. Yeah. Um, we want to go to New Orleans. Yeah. If you've got couple of thousand pounds knocking around yeah that you just oh i found that down the back of the sofa i don't know what to do with it maybe consider giving it to us so we can go on holiday and watch um some wrestling um otherwise it's i'm sure it's late wherever you are in the world why not just go to bed we had joy we had fun we had seasons in the sun up the hills that we climbed for the seasons out of time